to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good Sunday morning, good people. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. My name's Tim, Tim Holt. I'm the senior pastor here at the Vineyard in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And if this is your first time being with us, thank you so much for dropping by. I hope you'll stick with us throughout the, the sermon, the message today, and you'll come back. And please let us know that you're here. Let us know where you're from. If you're one of our members, faithful members uh, being here, please just check in on this Facebook Live. Let us know. Uh, drop in, share the page. Uh, let us know where you're from, what's going on, so we can pray for you and pray with you. Really happy you're here today. We are in a series in First Peter. And, you know, I started to vary away from this series and away from this uh, book, but the more I considered it and the more I looked into it, I thought, wow, you know, the people that Peter was writing to uh, in this book... Uh, no, we're not anywhere near that situation, at least in America. But this group of people were under duress. They were facing an uncertain future. These churches uh, up in what's probably modern times now, Turkey. And, uh, and so they were under a lot of challenging situations. So I thought, we're going to stick with this book and we're going to play it out. This is the fifth week. And because of the next few sections, or it could be a little controversial, at least when you first read some words, I'm going to break it up into increments and we'll talk about it for the next few weeks. So I hope you'll stick with me. I think you'll find them interesting and I hope and I hope helpful. So let's pray, and um, and then I'll read the passage of Scripture, and we'll jump into this this morning. Thank you. Lord, thank you so much for being able to gather together and have a medium like this so that we can still communicate. We can still uh, say hello to one another. We can still gather together. I pray for all those that are gathering in their homes today and listening to your word. I pray, God, your presence. I do pray that people would recognize that you are there with them and that you care for them. Lord, I pray that you'd help me today. Help me in my weakness. God, I pray you would indeed give me the gift of teaching for the next few minutes. Help me, Lord. Help me in my weakness. And let whatever you want to be known and what to be cherished and taken to heart, Lord, let that be what we hear. And most of all, Lord, I pray that you indeed would be the star. That all of these instructions and encouragements that we'll read in this book today... They came about because of you, because you are Lord and Savior. You were the resurrected Lord that turned Peter's life around. He saw you. He was with you. And Lord, so he speaks from that place of having seen you resurrected, Lord. And he also speaks from that place of being God forgiven and reestablished in a relationship and even given great responsibility, even after he blew it. So Lord, I pray that you'd help me today. Bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's read this passage of Scripture. 1 Peter, 2nd chapter, verses 13 through 17. Here we go. You ready? Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor 
as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Lord, bless the reading of your word. Yeah, this is kind of, uh, depending on your background and your experience, can be... I don't know, somewhat a little bit nervous reading. You get that? I mean, I'm a child of the 60s, and so protesting and, you know, if you had a disagreement with government or you had a disagreement with something, you know, it was kind of in our generation, it was okay to protest it. It was okay to step up and say we want change, and it's still that now in America. So reading this kind of thing in our context is very difficult. And so I want to say this. The Bible is absolutely the inspired Word of God is given to us, but not every passage of Scripture and every situation in the book can be taken right straight from this and pressed into our context because their context was totally different. And so the words that were written to these folks, to these churches up in Turkey, out there in what would be considered kind of the boonies from Jerusalem, and so... It was, it was totally different. Peter had no idea that he was writing scripture at the time. He was writing a letter to churches that probably people he had never met. Most of these churches were probably full of Gentiles, that is non-Jewish believers. And there were some Jewish believers there too. And probably these Gentiles were at least a little bit versed in, uh, by being connected to the synagogue or some way. But these were Gentiles, and and so he's speaking to them. He's probably never met them. Uh, this is being written sometime maybe around 63, 64, 65 A.D., somewhere like that. And the times are very tough. Nero, the emperor, as you do a little research, you'll find out he wasn't what you call very favorable to Christians. The new church has exploded onto the scene. It's been going for 20 years, 25, 30 years now, but these young churches are having to be nourished along and helped. And so Peter writes this letter to them. Uh, you know, these are small churches and uh, they're scattered about. They're not like our gatherings were maybe going to be like more like what we're going to be like when we get phased back in, probably having to meet in smaller groups until we are, you know, freed and healthy enough to be able to gather in larger groups like our main sanctuary and multiple services. But probably more like we are now where there were a few people in a home and they were getting these letters and they had been impacted with the gospel their lives have been changed and now they're having to learn how to live godly and how to live a christian life in the midst of a very tough situation and the first words in our scripture today are submit now We Americans, you know, this is what I'm talking about with pressing a, making a template out of a passage of Scripture and trying to force, press it into our situation. We hear the word submit and many of us like immediately have this adverse reaction. Uh, But listen, 
If you didn't submit during this period of time, then you weren't going to be around very long. Peter is trying to keep this church and keep it alive and keep it going. And so this is not some caustic comment. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake, for the Lord's sake. He's going to appeal to their freedom because we know that when Christ comes to our life, we are free. And first and foremost, first and foremost, our allegiance is to Christ, is to obey him. He is our king. Everything else is submitted under that. And so that's a given. It's even said in 1 Peter and uh First chapter, second verse, he says to be obedient to Jesus Christ. So that's even prefaced before we ever get to these passages of Scripture. And in uh, verse 14 of the first chapter, he says to be obedient children, and that is to Christ and to the calling to follow him. He is our Lord. He's our Savior. And so he's trying to keep this church alive. So if you have your fill in, I have mine. Mine's already filled in. But you can get it right there on the Facebook Live or my Pastor Tim Facebook page, and you can follow along and fill in. So, you know, I asked the question, why does Peter tell these churches to submit to their government officials if indeed they are free? If Christ has freed them, why should they do that? And here's your fill in. The first one is this, for commendation, for commendation. 1 Peter 2, 13 through 14 says to punish those, talking about the government, who do wrong and to commend those who do right. We're talking about the emperor and the governors of the area. And really the people on the ground in these churches had to fear probably more the governors because they those were the ones right there locally who could make life very difficult for them. And so it's for commendation. Why submit? So that they can be commended instead of punished. Peter didn't want to see these churches um, be harassed and to be punished. And so he tells them, you know, submit for the Lord's sake, because it's the Lord's reputation. It's his church. He wants to see them survive. For the Lord's sake, you know, submit to every human authority, whether it's to the emperor or to the supreme authority or to the governors as the supreme authority or to the governors. Submit. And submit means that it's kind of to stand under, to place yourself under. And uh, Peter wants them to, to, to survive, like I said. And so he said, you know, submit to them. Don't protest. Don't get up and, and lead a revolt at this time. Now, see, that's why this particular scripture can't, this section can't be pressed in other places. You have to discern what the Lord is doing at the time because in our country, we do get the opportunity to protest and we should when there are things that are not going on that's right. But if we were a small minority of a new group that was just coming up in a place like Turkey, like this moment in time when they were a minority and they were already looked at not being understood the lord's supper you know they didn't the people around them didn't understand this as i mentioned last week and all he's saying look no you submit yourself you stand under that particular authority the emperor the governors stand under that church listen and stand under because he wanted them to be commended by the local authorities 
rather than punished by the local authorities. And that's why I don't take that freedom, you know, to do something evil and to hide. And, you know, here's a here's a beautiful thing that if indeed Christ has freed us and we are free, then we have the freedom to choose how we relate to whatever situation we're in and the people that are involved in the situation that we're in. We're free. So he is asking them to exercise their freedom by submitting to the local government and to the emperor and to what's going on. Now, of course, if they were to ask them to do something, deny Christ or whatever, many folks and they gave their lives up. They would not do that because that was, that was, you know, that was denying the faith, and that was something they couldn't do. But they were to be good citizens and submit themselves under because he wanted them to survive. He did not want them to be punished. And as I wrote this, B part was commended instead of offended. He wanted the local governors, especially, and the people in that area, to commend the Christians, this new group, not be offended by them, but to commend them. That would give them lasting uh, longevity. It would give them time to grow up in Christ and to see more people come to Christ. And so he's saying, submit yourself under there so you won't get punished. And also so that you will be commended and you won't be an offense. You won't be a, you know, you won't cause any more offense than Christ does. Because if there's any stumbling block, let's let it be Christ and not anything that we are or we do. And so he's asking them to submit themselves there uh, into the government. And like I said, this is, this is a strange thing for us. And I know some people take this passage of Scripture, this template, and try to press it into every situation, but we can't do that. There are, a couple, there are some countries and places in this world at this very moment that this passage of Scripture would be very relevant to, and they would be going, oh my gosh, that's us. We're a small group, a very small minority, in a very violent and horrible situation. And so they could take great comfort from this. For us, I think we can see the care that Peter has uh, for this church and is trying to help them survive and to maintain their witness. So for commendation, why submit? when they have the freedom to do it or not to do it. That is so that they will be commended instead of punished and so that they will be commended instead of the people being offended. Like, wow, there is some value there. Secondly, is why I submit for inspiration. In 1 Peter 2.15, he says, By doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk. Ignorant talk is basically gossip. People start talking about a group of people. They do this. They do that. Have you heard about these people? Ignorant talk. They don't know about the Christian community, but they're spreading rumors. And so... Peter says, submit yourself here so we can stop the ignorant talk so that the things that are being said about you guys, about the church, about Christ, they'll realize that's just gossip. It's not true. It's not true. And so for inspiration, that's so they'll be inspired to investigate Inspiration for investigation so that those living in that area, the non-Christians will go, man, these people, you know, they sure are doing good and look how they respond and how they act and they're trying to be good citizens and there's something of value 
there. There's something very beautiful, but I, I don't know what it is. I, there, there was a song years ago. Maybe I'm the only one that remembers Bonnie Raitt. She's still singing, playing her sly guitar, but she had this song, Let's Give Them Something to Talk About, you know. And so Peter is saying, yeah, let's give them something to talk about, but not this ignorant foolishness, that this gossip that they talk about. Let's give them something to talk about that commends you, commends the cause of Christ, not something evil, not being hidden in your freedom to behave any way you want, but inspire them to investigate, to look into what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. I want to read a passage uh, from a book. Now, I've mentioned this book many times. Uh, here, let me put this down. Um, the Rise of Christianity by Rodney Stark. And he's talking about Cyprian. This is a kind of a biography of a bishop of Carthage. I think this goes all the way back to 251, something like that, A.D. But listen to this description. Uh, The people, talking about the church, right? The people being assembled together. He first of all urges them the benefits of mercy. Then he proceeds to add that there is nothing remarkable in cherishing merely our own people with the due attentions of love, but that one might become perfect who should do something more than heathen men or publicans, one who, overcoming evil with good and practicing a merciful kindness like that of God, should love his enemies as well. Thus the good was done to all men, not merely to the household of faith. Faith, And this was written about Cyprian around 261 in the middle of a plague. And um, so it was talking about how the Christian community itself behaved in the midst of that. And it inspired people to look into what do these people believe? Why do they love the way they do? And, And so Peter says submit and work under that in such a way that it inspires those to investigate just why you live the way you do. And it was Peter's hope that that inspiration would lead to an explanation, and that is that the gossip was not true. That the real explanation is that something miraculous had happened to these people, that Christ had come into their life and they were truly free to love, to choose to be a part of society and to choose to be good citizens, even in a very terrible and challenging time. And so we have, you know, it's uh, for commendation, it's for inspiration, and your third feeling is for liberation. For liberation. Live as free people. Live as God's slaves. Uh, There was a temptation in the church to say, well, we're free to do anything we want. And so he's like, if you're liberated, then no, you know, be liberated to be what Christ has called you to be and to love in that context where you are. Use that freedom for that in healthy ways, not unhealthy ways. Um, You know, they, they couldn't vote. They couldn't vote in their emperor. They couldn't vote him out. Um, They were in the context of very, a very tough time. 
And so we have to realize that. So Peter is doing all he can to try to get them in a position to survive and to be a witness and for liberation. And, you know, it ends, uh, this particular passage that we're in today ends with this. And he says, you know, to, and it's on the the bottom part of your feeling there, and that is uh, liberated to respect everyone. And, you know, respect, we have a saying that says you earn respect. I get that. I get that. That's kind of an American thing, too. But you know what? You can choose. You are free as a Christian to respect people. You can choose to do it, even when you don't feel respected, even when you feel like they haven't earned or maybe they have even failed at being what you expected them to be, you can still, you are free in Christ to respect whom you choose. And Peter says, respect everyone. You're free to do it. You choose to do that. This is going to help keep them safe. And he says, you know what? You're liberated to love the church, to love the church. You don't have to worry about church hopping in this situation because if you were committed you know, it could cost you. And so, you know, for us in the church to love the church, I can take this and go, no matter what's going on, you know, this is the bride of Christ. We're to love one another. We can choose to do that. We can choose to forgive. We can choose to love. And how we treat one another is a witness to those around us. And it can make it very enticing for others to want to be a part. And then we're liberated to fear God. And to fear God, to respect Him, to realize that He is all-powerful, that He has things under control, even if it doesn't look like it in that context, in that moment. We fear God because He is the ultimate. He has the ultimate say at the end of time. And so we fear God. We are liberated. We are free to adore Him, to reverence Him, to hold Him in the highest esteem. And then he tags it again, just like we started this passage of Scripture today, with honor. Honor the emperor, government. That's the way this is closed out, the same way it started. And so it was his hope, his desire, that this church would be safe, it would be a witness, and that it would grow, and it would exercise its freedom in such a way that even the pagans and the heathens all about that area would take a look at them and realize the gossip that was being said about them was not true. Something amazing had happened in their lives. You know, that's, that's the power that Jesus has in many of us. I've got a spiritual birthday coming up May 1st. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful that God reached out to me during that period of time. And he has kept me and held me through all of these years. He continues to teach, continues to forgive me, to strengthen me. And he can do the same thing in your life in whatever context you find yourself in. God knows how to move in your life to keep you safe and to see that you become a great blessing to those around you. I want to pray for you today. And if you have not intentionally responded to Christ's call on your life, I would like for you to do something for me. I'd like for you to, to say to the Lord, it's really not for me, it's, it's for you to, to say to Jesus, yes. To say, Lord, this day I'm going to commit my life to you. And uh, I'm going to pray with you right now. And 
And if that's you, if you would just listen to this prayer for you and take in the amazing love that Christ has for you. He's kept people down through all of these ages, loving, he's still changing lives, and he can change yours. Lord Jesus, thank you for those that are listening right now, and I pray, Lord, that those right where they are, whatever place they find themselves, culture, context, Lord, I pray right now that you would make yourself known, Lord, right there, and that they would respond to you with a yes. Pour your very presence out, Lord, in your beauty and your forgiveness and your love and your hope of expectation for something better beyond this moment in life and purpose. Come to them now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, what I would like for you to do is text COMMIT, C-O-M-M-I-T, to 474747. What that does, it just lets me know that you responded to that today, and that way I can continue to pray for you because I, I need to know that what's going on out there I can't see, and this will let me know how to pray. And so please, would you do that? Just commit. Just text COMMIT to 474747. Well, God bless you guys on this Sunday. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. And we'll be touching base with you throughout the week through uh, some posts and uh, videos and maybe even some live moments over the next week. God bless you guys. Hang in there. Love your neighbor. Love Jesus. And enjoy his pleasure in you. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.